Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B Podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from our webinar, Maximizing ROI from Your Marketing Budget in a Recession. I was joined by Claire Daniels, CEO of Trio Media, to have a chat about making the most of your marketing budget during a recession. As usual with our webinars, there's loads to take away from this session. So get ready to make some notes. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Essential B2B Podcast. Hello and welcome to this Essential B2B Coffee Time Talk brought to you by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. Are you struggling to make the most of your marketing budget during a recession? To discuss tactics on maximizing ROI from your marketing budget during a recession, I'm joined by Claire Daniels, CEO of award-winning marketing agency Trio Media. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm great, thanks, Joe. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. All the better for chatting to you about uh, tactics for uh, during a recession. So, um... In a recession, marketing is normally the first department that can get affected. But in your opinion, what should people still be aiming to achieve, even though budgets are tight? Well, I'm, I may be the anti-person um, here on, on the topic because I really believe marketing should be something that you lean into during a recession. And it shouldn't be the case that it's the first thing where budgets get cut um, because we've seen it in examples time and time again during the financial recession 2007-2008, during more recent financial difficulties during COVID, actually the people that continue and keep going and they lean into the marketing and they invest are the ones that come out fighting and on top when things improve. Whereas, you know, divesting and taking your money out of marketing is a surefire way to guarantee your less likely to survive and to retain market share during a recession so the first thing I would definitely say is just consider not taking the easy route um you know and and pulling everything out of marketing I understand it can be hard and actually you know my experience so I was client side strategic marketing for 10 years before coming agency side so I've worked on both sides of it and you know, my experience from the client side um, of marketing is actually, you know, you maybe spend a lot, you have high budgets, but you may struggle in measuring where the results are coming from for all the budget that's being spent. So the biggest piece of advice I could give is to really get to know your numbers, get to know the data on what is delivering a return for you into your market budget and efforts, because ultimately, if you can still generate a return, why would you stop? You know, so if you can still see you're getting a return on ad spend, you get an ROI, your conversion rate is good. There is literally, you know, with those metrics, there's no argument for stopping. You know, if, if you're just looking at vanishing metrics like traffic or leads um, coming in, but you're not actually seeing, well, are we making money off the investment that we're putting in, um, then yes, it could be very easy to just think, well, we'll we'll stop and we'll pull away because maybe the number of leads is drop, dropping. If you're still getting a return on your spend, if you've cut back your spend, you know, you need to be fair to yourself on that you're going to get less leads, but actually is the return still good? You know, so it's the, the biggest tip, I guess, from this is keeping on top of the data and the results, you know, so you can measure what is working for your business because I'm guessing there's going to be, 
you know, B2B, potentially some B2C marketers listening to this as well. And ultimately, there's not going to be a one size fits all approach. Some people may need to lean more into social media, some into more events, like what, whatever their business model is. Um, so it's not to me to say this is the one kind of channel you should invest in or move away from. But actually what works for your business and as long as that's still working, there's no reason to stop doing it. You touched there on sort of, you know, the, the online side of things. Most companies watching this, listening to this today, will have some sort of online presence already. What tactics could you suggest to to improve their sort of organic presence? You mentioned social media as one. Perhaps that's a route we can explore. Yeah. So, I mean, with anything, really, I would say, if we're looking for a key tactic, what I would say is consistency. So, again, in terms of the type of content you put out is going to vary massively you know, from industry to industry. If we look at social media, you definitely do need to be leaning into video content regardless of what you do. Um, but, you know, whether you're going down a TikTok route or LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or another platform, you know, based on where your target audience is spending time and what it is that you do, um, you know, it's it's not for me to say it's that particular channel that's going to work for everyone, but whatever it is that works for you, again, taking the data, which channel generates the best return engagement for you, where are your audience spending the most time and lean into showing up there consistently. Um, I think one of the key things really, and you know, that I want to kind of get into in this um, piece is ultimately around a recession, the main thing that we need to look at is your messaging, because do you need to change the way you are positioning yourself to your target audience to be more, accepting and acknowledge the recession so you know do you need to think well could we do more sales could we do more things that are price friendly to people can we lean into something where we're not so much acknowledging as if everyone's got loads of income to be spending at the moment so it's really about for any business always it's about understanding who your target audience is but is your target audience likely to suffer during the recession or not? Because some people won't. Um, and then if they are, how should you talk to them differently to how you would normally talk based on the mm. fact they have got less money to spend? Um, you know, so I, aside from my work at Trio, I'm a trustee at a charity. So obviously one of our big concerns is in a cost of living crisis, are people going to reduce the money that they donate to charities? So we've had conversations about changing our messaging to lean into it. Like we, we still got a job to do. We've still got to get donations. Um, so how do we acknowledge that and address it and actually target the people who will not be affected by the cost of living crisis, the people that are affected who can't afford to pay their energy bills, you know, or to have the heating on at night. We, we can't even speak to those people. There's no point trying to speak to those people, but there's loads of other people out there who have money still. So let's let's go after those people. So it's about really just honing in on the people that can keep spending during a recession and how to position yourself to them. Um, you know, so in terms of that piece around showing up and your online presence and whether it's on social or across search or anything like that, it's about creating relative content and showing up um, and being appropriate for your audience. So consistency and almost yeah tone almost it's almost sensitivity isn't it i suppose when when yeah. times are really tough it's important to make sure that you're not you know coming across in in a way that you you don't want to if you see what i mean um yeah 
So what sort of KPI, are we, uh, to go back to your earlier point, you did mention a couple of sort of KPIs and that sort of things. What sort of KPIs and goals should people look to adjust or put in place when experiencing budgeting constraints, would you say? So definitely it needs to be looking around return, you know, so actually, I mean, I think marketers should be measuring this all the time and actually too frequently they're not, you know, so a lot of people may know their overall budget and the overall revenue, but they're not looking at how each pot of budget spent in certain areas are then resulting in what amount of revenue. So it's about just really nailing down on that. So definitely return on ad spend if you're doing any advertising you know, what do you get out for what you spend? And is that profitable for you? Because if it is, and that continues to work during a recession, why, literally, why would you stop? Like, what is the reason to? You have data to show you can still make money. So unless your business doesn't want to make money, you know, why Why would you stop doing that? And, um, you know, with anything else, obviously, the return on investment I would say, you know, the areas we might see slip are the places that don't bring as much of a direct return. So if you're doing um, PR, for example, could be one of those in terms of it's great for brand awareness and building shareholder value and all these things in terms of getting your brand out there in a positive light. But it's very difficult to measure specific sales and a financial return from PR and PR is usually an expensive investment Mm. so that is one of those areas that obviously if you can't track it and you're not able to demonstrate a return those could be some of the areas that are, are likely to slip however I would challenge if that was the case anyway and you knew you couldn't track it and you knew you weren't getting a return why were you doing it or if you were doing it and you felt the value as much as the value isn't financial, are you still seeing that value in other ways? Because that is the reason for doing something like like PR. Um, for me, working and running a digital agency, a lot of digital marketing that we do is is very trackable, um, you know, and measurable. So we can put a financial return on everything that we do. So you know, for anyone who's investing in social media, whether that's just the content creation or they're doing any advertising. Well, you can see how many clicks to your website you've had from the social post. You can see how many conversions you've had from social. If you can't see this, it's possible. You're just not looking in the right places. <laughs> um, you know, so not everyone knows how to go find this data, but it's there. So, um, you know, go look for the data in terms of the traffics that are, the traffic sources that are driving the conversions on your website um, you know if that is the place you convert people whether it be via a form or if it's a e-commerce checkout but look at those channels that are driving those sales then look at what you spend to put into those channels each month and is the return greater than what you spend is it profitable for your business if you're not sure go and ask those questions you know because actually what you probably can't see straight up as a marketer is the profit margins so you know how much money is coming from it um but actually if you know decisions are getting made uh, you know by your cfo or fd in terms of profitability well just go and ask those questions and find out so you can clue yourself up on what's really working for the business um you know beyond just well we know we generated 300 leads from doing this activity mm. okay but what did those 300 leads result in for the business so into just continuing on the the ensuring you're only using things in your your stack you know that uh, you know uh, of value to you then um 
are there any tools or software that you use to keep track you know uh any tools or software that you've used to help you succeed and make sure that you know everything's in alignment then yeah i mean look i think everyone in marketing is going to use google analytics and i know it's an obvious one but actually everything i'm talking about although all that data is available in google analytics so it's definitely worth paying mention to it um so going on there being able to look at where your traffic has come from where your conversions have come from what's working on your website what's not like is invaluable mm. we then work with a piece of software called agency analytics that ties in analytics from all the different data sources we use and that's mm. what we use to provide the monthly reports to our clients so that pulls the data not only from Google Analytics, but from Search Console, from Lighthouse, um, from SEMrush, SE Rankings, from Meta, um, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, Trustpilot, um, Shopify, WooCommerce, like you name it, everything can pull through into there. Um, and that gives a bit of an insight for tools we use. I mean, a lot of our time is spent on SEMrush. We do a lot of SEO work for our clients. Um, we also use a tool called SpyFu, which allows us to look at um, organic and paid search um like content and strategies for any business. So we can look at it for our clients, but also for their competitors as well. Um so, yeah, but I, I totally agree. Obviously, you need to have what's right in your stack. And we regularly do reviews and I'll challenge and question people on are we using this? Are we getting the most out of it? Otherwise, I'm not paying for it because, yeah, those are the areas that can sometimes run away with you in, in marketing, in terms of your marketing budget. You sign up for all these things and then, you know, the money gets tight and you start going through your bank statements and going, mm. well, hang on, we're spending this much there, this much there, this much there. Are we using it? Um, you know, I asked that question of my team literally the, the day we came back over New Year's. So I've been looking at everything and I was like, is everything that we're spending money on getting used and adding value to the business? I'll spend more if it is. You know, if, if you need more, I'm not I'm not necessarily making cuts, but also I'm not spe- spending money on something that we don't need. And and that sort of, I guess, the, the frequency of those checks will increase, I imagine, in the, you know, in the coming months, I'm sure. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, it's just about being savvy and knowing your data. Um, and I always say to the team, and it's some of mine, we're discussing it today, but like negotiate from a position of power. Like if anyone ever comes to us um, about anything, we straight away go back with the data, we show them the results they've got um, and stuff like that. If anyone's ever not sure of the value they're getting. And um, that should be the way we all approach it in terms of we should know our data. We should know our stats on what we're doing so that actually marketing directors, CMOs, anyone like that or anyone in charge of marketing, if you're getting pressure from other members of the board who are coming to you and saying, well, actually, we need to cut back. If you've got the evidence and data to say, actually, what you're spending in this department is delivering you, you know, a six times return, whatever it may be. then gives them you know not much of a leg to stand on at all so it's just about getting really clued up on the stats that are going to work in your business and to guarantee that you actually can continue spending in the right areas Hmm. i uh want to change tack ever so slightly now claire because i I saw the other day you were posting about um uh, about ai and specifically chat gpt yeah what do you think the the financial implications of ai will be in the future in terms of marketing well, look, I don't think it's going to be free for much longer. I mean, um, ChatGPT, which is created by OpenAI, which is what I was um, posting about on LinkedIn. So we've started having a double around with it. 
because as a digital agency, like we need to stay on the forefront of technology. We can't shy away from AI just because we all think it might replace our jobs. We have to lean into it and see what support it can give us. Um, but yeah, currently that is free. It's the the knowledge and skill that that tool has got. Like it's insane that it can be used for free right now. But I think it's to drive adoption. And I think very quickly people will start paying for it. I was having a conversation with a, a tech expert that I know on LinkedIn um, and don't quote me on this because I don't know where he got his figures from, but he said that it's costing something like $3 million a month to run ChatGPT on AWS. Um, so the, there's no chance that can continue for free for much longer. So I actually think it's going to start being chargeable. So I'd probably encourage people to start seeing how they could get value and benefit from it whilst it's free to then learn whether this is something that's worth investing for them in the future. In my opinion, I definitely see AI working alongside marketers. You know, it's it's not going to replace anyone's job. I, I really don't think it has it has the grounds for that. But actually, it's going to make us all a lot more efficient if we can embrace it in the right ways. Um, you know, for example, I was on a Google Meet earlier that I wanted to record, and now you can transcribe the recordings on a Google Meet. So I could transcribe a meeting. I could then put the transcription into chat GPT and ask it to summarize the key points from the meeting straight away. That then gives me my follow up for the meeting or whatever it may be. Or if we were if we were recording this and transcribing this right now, you could then get a summary of it to put out like this is just making our jobs far more efficient. So I don't think it should replace the human touch of being able to create content that appeals to different target audiences you know this this tool can't speak as a 20 something woman if that's your target audience so you need to speak in her tone of voice versus you need to speak in the tone of voice of a 30 year old male or for another campaign you know it's, it's not going to be able to get to that I mean maybe it will one day so it could be speaking out of term there but I don't think it's there yet um, but yeah, I think it's definitely something that that will work alongside us. And the recession could slow its adoption if you know it does start charging and people aren't ready to invest in new technology. They want other people to kind of do test it out first, wait for it to take up more mass uh, market adoption, and then maybe more marketers will start getting involved in it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend giving it a go because we're already seeing advantages um, to us in our business. It is very encouraging as sort of the more webinars and podcasts I do under the Essential B2B banner, the the key message that I keep receiving again and again is people buy from people. So it's really encouraging to think that you don't think that the AI can take that human element out yet. So we'll all be in a job. So that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, look, there's no way, you know, don't get me wrong. I think absolutely there'll be a version of this where an avatar could come on and have a conversation with you and completely do this podcast and probably give you even better advice than than what I've given. But it's not real and, and none of us want that. Like we don't want to be engaging with robots. So, you know, it's quite a fun trend at the moment and people are getting the AI versions like, you know, submitting a picture and getting the AI versions of themselves created because it's a bit of fun soon as you step over the line and go okay that's now the version of you and people aren't interested in the real you they're gonna interface with the ai version of you instead everyone's gonna move them out of that i think because uh, we're just we're just not ready for it yet so yeah it's 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 going to help and support us but it's definitely you know 
you need a human touch at every stage of the work that that we do as marketers you know from dealing with people and talking to people to the content you create to the ideas you have it's not gonna be able to think of ideas if someone comes to you with a business and a new campaign says tell me what I should do it's it's not gonna have that Mm. yet (laughs) yeah yeah. don't don't quote me on anything because bloody hell you know I'm not an AI expert and the technology is probably far beyond what we're even dabbling into right now um but that's just my opinion on you know where I think we are today well let's let's come back in five years time Claire and then we'll see if you can detect (laughs) if I am actually a robot or if I am my authentic self (laughs) deal (laughs) (laughs) amazing uh Claire, this has been a really, really fascinating conversation. I've really, really enjoyed speaking to you again. Um, Thank you. If I could push you for one top tip for everybody watching this about maximising your return on investment during a recession, what what would that one tip be? Get to know your data. Um, You know, because like I say, there is no one size fits all. So you've got to figure out what works for your business. And actually, from my experience, not enough people do know what's going on um, to the level of we know this is resulting in that. So get to know your data, know it inside out. And when someone comes knocking and asks you to reduce your budget, slap them across the face with... actually this is working fine and we'll keep our budget please and actually if you give us more we can sail our way out of the recession um because we know what we're doing is working (laughs) fantastic claire (laughs) daniels thank you so much for joining me thank you